0: the great thing about life is that we're all given the capabilities to be impact difference makers however only a select few of us decide to be transformational in our thinking to personalize the way that we attack life and leave our imprint of impact in the sand consequence. One man who takes advantage of the fleeting promise of life and contributes to a better tomorrow is Derek Johnson. He's a US Army veteran, life coach, and trainer who's helped over 500 clients and 50 companies. Transform their thinking and go from surviving to thriving through his coaching modalities and marketing efforts. Having the ability to be a life-changing leader is in Johnson's blood. He was awarded Soldier of the Year three times from his battalion. He's received numerous awards, and he's firmly on a mission now to take his leadership skills certifications and his practical life experience to help others in their pursuit of taking control of their mind and body so they can thrive instead of just survive. And Johnson and I had an in-depth conversation about actionable steps people can take today to change the trajectory of their lives for the better, and making sure its sustainable progress they can see over time, we also touched upon his practical experience when it comes to growing up in the south, being black, and how to survive and thrive in today's American culture. Are you intrigued? To learn more and supplement your quality of life with some practical and straightforward tips and tricks on how to live your best life. Well, if you answered yes, today you're in the right place. Because without further delay, my conversation with Johnson starts now. I'm Kevin McShane. Let's have this conversation. Take a moment to welcome you to the program, my friend, and I'm super excited to talk to you about achieving life's goals to the, to the fullest, my friend. Always great to see you, and thank you for accepting my invitation to engage in conversation.
1: No problem, no problem. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the invite.
0: Absolutely. So, Derek, I wanted to start our conversation by first of all. Thanking you for your service, my friend, because I know you spent some time in the armed forces and really uh, uh, sort of developed your desire or love for leadership and helping people take actionable steps to improve the quality of their lives. So, t- tell me about your time in the service and how it allowed you to fall in love with leading other people.
1: So. I did ROTC, Army ROTC in high school and also played sports. So naturally, I was always drawn to leadership positions in sports, in classroom group settings. I was always chosen as a group leader, even though I was always the quiet kid, the quiet teenager, but I would just observe the room. But growing up in a crazy household, that was my cheat coding gift to be able to connect and relate to people so by me reading the room it really helped me with career in the army also in school so in the army i did satellite communications i was always the tech nerd and outside of that always had a passion for fitness so i was a master trainer in the u.s army as well i would help soldiers get into shape to pass the pt test to get better times or if they came back from injuries or deployment i would help train them to get back to it so they could be ready for their objectives or for their missions but yes i did a decade in the u.s army and also in the army national guard and besides that now coach people to help them take control of their mind and body so no longer that they have old patterns controlling them so they can excel professionally personally and within their fitness and nutrition
0: fabulous tell me me about taking actionable steps and creating a roadmap to success what are some of practical steps people I can take to take action and control of their lives, in your
1: view. So, with my view on that, I like to start with the basics. I highly recommend that everyone wake up at the exact same time every day, because they can train their internal clock to always expect that wake up time. Eventually, what will happen is they will beat their alarm, and it's just all about staying consistent with that. Because there's no not excuse me, there's no there's a non negotiable moment of them waking up at the same time training at the same time, and just owning that hour of their morning. The morning routine, my belief, is the most important thing, and that's what I help a lot of people do, is master their morning routine, so that way, once life happens, once their day happens, once there's any stress from the general public or work, they're not really affected that much, and they're still in control because they've they've had at least one solid hour to themselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm fascinated to ask you about the concept of creating increased confidence and how we really uh, uh, have to sustain our beliefs in ourselves before we we can ask anyone else to do it. Because, you know, I always tell myself that the only level of expectations that I have to meet are my own, because if you don't hold that personal foundation, right, it's hard to meet anybody else's expectations. So tell me about Creating confidence in how you, you view that concept as well.
1: So I highly recommend for people to have conscience congruency. And that essentially means that whatever our conscience is telling us and guiding us to do, do that thing. And the same thing in reverse. If it's telling us not to eat that food, drink that drink, hang out with this negative person or whoever... Makes them feel on edge just listening to our conscience and doing exactly what we say that we're going to do that's the biggest problem people have is they say they're going to do something and then they push it to next monday they push it to tomorrow they push it to later and later sometimes never happens and then they start to get in their head and that just tends to spiral and then stress anxiety anger aggression all that tends to stack up so keeping the promises that we make to ourselves and conscience congruency, doing exactly everything that is in line with our conscience, listening to it more. We all have it. It's our biggest blessing, but listening to that and living by what it's telling us and guiding us to do or not to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Derek, I'm going to share just a little bit about myself, my friend. So I have uh, overcome obstacles and adversity all of my life, Derek, at nine years old, buddy. I've was told by a doctor that I wouldn't be able to walk for the duration of my life because of the severity of my cerebral palsy, which I was born with. So I'm fascinated to ask you about overcoming obstacles and thriving through adversity because, you know, I always tell people, they ask me why I'm so positive about life, and I tell them that. We're all given a, a life compass. And it's a, a coming upon all of us to sort of point it in the direction that we want to go. So tell me about overcoming obstacles and thriving through adversity in your your son's day.
1: So with my experience of overcoming obstacles, it was more so childhood and my teenage years. So had both parents in my life, but there was a lot of drinking happening in the home. So from the outside, the home looked beautiful. We had the swimming pool and... In the panhandle of Florida, from the outside, we always had the cookouts, but when everyone left, that's when the craziness would happen. And having that on a consistent basis, seven days a week, 365 days a year, that right there taught me a lot about psychology, how to respond to traumatic moments, how to deal with maybe family that has drug or alcohol addictions, and just being able to harness that pain as fuel. So I truly believe that our pain is our gift, and if we can use that to our advantage, to help other people that is our purpose that could be someone's destiny but to me that's the most fulfilling thing is helping other people use that pain that stress or their emotions to their advantage so then they can thrive and then help others to do the same so something that always helped me is the number one fitness i start my morning with a workout no matter if it's weight training running whatever it is but that right there helps to elevate my frequency, my vibration, and then I have more control. Then from there, I plan my day, and then I just show up better for others. Because I truly believe if we take care of ourselves first, we show up better to help serve and be there for others, and they can feel that energy. Just like you elevate people with your positive energy, and people wonder, how is Kevin in this zone all the time? But it's all because you have faith, you take care of yourself, and people can feel that. So being that positive light that steps into the room or on a Zoom call, and being able to inspire and motivate people, rather than in reverse. Some people are going through something, and they walk in a room, and they shift the energy in a negative way. So making sure that we're the positive one, and not that negative.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Doug, I've been wanting to ask you this question since you agreed uh, to do the interview. So here we go, buddy. I'm curious to ask you about human societal divisions, and uh, today's sort of societal culture? Because you turn on the news and you turn on current events today, it seems that we're a, a more territorial society than ever before. So tell me, how do you think we go about healing societal divisions and getting back to a place of compromise and conversation?
1: I, I would highly recommend that all of us start to become more active listeners active listeners. So if we give somebody the time of day to truly just listen to whatever their beliefs, whatever their ideologies, whatever they stand for, just take a moment to pause, keep our mouths closed, which is hard for some people, and to just actively listen. Because most people, they listen to respond. They're like, yeah, yeah. And then they start interrupting and they never heard or cared to listen to what the person said. But if we can step one, actively listen, and I'm not saying we have to agree with everyone, but we can still have an educated conversation without having an aggressive debate or fighting with someone. Because that's exactly what the media wants, is that division where you and I can't have a conversation, she and I, whoever it is. But if I can actively listen and we can agree to disagree, or I can just say, hey, thank you for telling me your perspective. I never even thought of that, or maybe I never knew that. But if most people can just begin to actively listen and be present with whoever they're talking to, that right there is step one. Because if we can't even get past step one, then nothing else will happen. Because most people, if they bring up a topic, everybody starts to get really aggressive and offended and this and that. And then it goes nowhere. It goes from zero to 100. And then there's no results. There's no resolution. There's no solution. But actively listening to people, being open to learn. And it doesn't mean that we have to have them change our views. But for a minimal second, we can at least see things from their perspective, which could help us and then it could help other people as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Derek, I also wanted to follow up and ask you about racial tensions in America today. You know, if you look across the South, a lot of governments now are banning African-American studies or the whole concept of equality uh, for uh, African-Americans specifically. So I'm curious about how you think we could lower the temperature of racial tensions across America as well.
1: So I totally agree with what you said in the South. I grew up in the South as well. I'm originally from Pensacola, Florida, which is in the Panhandle. It's about 20 to 30 minutes from Alabama. So I saw it all. And also I'm a mix. My father is African-American and my mother's German. So I saw both sides. So in my high school at one point after Hurricane Ivan, a lot of people started to come to our high school and my friends were like, are you on the white side or the black side? Because people were arguing, there was a lot of division. And I was like, I'm in the middle. I'm not gonna choose a side, but I'm just here to learn from everyone and to continuously become a better person and a better man. But with that being said, with the African American community, I just believe that we just should, excuse me, should see everything as a challenge that we should step up to. As in, how can I educate myself more How can I enhance my skill sets more? How can I solve problems? If we can give a lot of our energy to those things, we can help any culture, any gender, any religion, because eventually we start to show them the opposite of the stereotype that they expect. They expect you and I to act a certain way, to present ourselves in a certain way, to be hyper-aggressive and all that. So if we start to slowly break those stereotypes, and change the view of the societal norms, and no matter what state or city it is, then we can be that quote-unquote unicorn that they've probably never seen before. They're like, wow, Kevin speaks really eloquently. He loves to help people with this podcast, with this content. Wow, this is different, and it opens their eyes. So we can't change everyone, but if we just show a positive example of what a black African-American man or woman can be, And not let those things affect us to a state where we give them the reaction that they want. No matter what media outlet it is, or no matter what person is trying to get somebody to give them a reaction, that's what they want. They want the reaction that is in their mind. So if we can, it's very difficult, but if we can all start to kill people with kindness and just show up better, when they expect us to get aggressive, we just be nicer. If they expect this, we do the opposite. And eventually, they will see us as the strong individuals that we are, where they're like, man, I can't break Kevin. I can't break Derek. So then they start to shift the perspective to want to be around us, learn from us, or to stop being so aggressive and hateful to other people. So I definitely believe that we can just step up, educate ourselves, solve problems. The more people's problems that we solve, the better everything can become because people will start to see, wow, you solved this problem faster than other people. I didn't even realize that could happen. And that situation, that scenario can solidify that, wow, maybe I view these people in a wrong light or in a wrong way, but just having that positive ripple effect could solve a lot of issues.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm fascinated to also ask you about the concept of consistency and consistently showing up and whether you have a life motto that you live, live by that sort of, Guide your life principles and philosophy different things.
1: Yes, definitely. That's a great question. So I live by the phrase, I say this out loud and in my head every single morning, and every day I don't want to do something, is, "People depend on me. People depend on me. We all wake up feeling selfish. I want to hit snooze. I don't want to eat this healthy meal. I want to do this, want to do that, I don't want this. Everything in the first morning of everybody's day is very selfish. But if we could flip the script and say people depend on me, whether it's customers, clients, family, friends, your kids, your teachers, whoever depends on you. But knowing that we have to all step up as men and women and do our part, because anytime that they see us consistent, they want to elevate as well. And anytime that they see us slacking in their mind, they're like, well, if Kevin's slacking today or if Derek wasn't in the gym today, it's OK for me to slack off. But if we do everything in a positive light and put others first, we tend to show up better and we build momentum. So I'm just all about stacking daily wins. I did my workout, check. Drank my water, check. I did this, check. I did not turn on the media, check. I made a positive post, check. And by the time it's 8 or 9 a.m., I've had all these wins stacked and I feel in a positive state that no matter who I come around, I can positively help them or just not be affected by anybody that is negative. But if we can just truly stick to our routine, because routines, we're we're creatures by habit. So if we can have positive routine and an empowering habit, that right there is going to set the cornerstone for the day, for the month, for the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Derek, you know, the motto or uh, phrase that I live my life by is inclusion is the gateway to independence, my friend, and I've worked my entire adult life to break down the barriers to societal inclusion for folks with uh, disabilities when it comes to the employment space and uh, societal as well. So I'm curious to ask you, how how do you think we can break down barriers towards inclusion for folks with uh, disabilities and other marginalized groups as well.
1: I truly believe that the people that have the voice and that have built a personal brand can educate the general public. So if everybody can slowly begin to start to have a personal brand, and it doesn't mean they have to sell a product or service at all. They can just use their platforms because these things, these devices, these social media apps can change the world. So they can slowly start to educate people on said issues, said problems, solutions, or ideas that they have, they can start to have a positive ripple effect. And other people that can relate to them can step up and learn as well, and they can come together. Because once we start coming together and working and educating others, that is when change happens. That is when the shift happens. So I would highly recommend that everyone begin to see social media in a positive light and see that your ideas life experiences and knowledge can help trickle to create a positive effect can help educate people and to most importantly bring people together but i truly believe if this person steps up that person comes in and slowly they start to build a community have some camaraderie and at that point they can go to the decision makers to say hey i think we should do this or to their lawmakers hey i think we should do this and here are some facts here's some paperwork that aligns with what we're saying. And then everybody can come together. But if we can start individually, educating people on whatever the issues or solutions are, and then come together, we can make massive change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Derek, I'm fascinated to also ask you about the concept of hope and healing and how they're interconnected. Because I, I truly believe, Derek, that there's strength and vulnerability and especially for men like you and i sometimes being vulnerable isn't looked upon as a strength. but i truly really believe there's strength and vulnerability so talk to me about that and how do you think hope and healing are interconnected
1: that's a great question and i do agree with that is that strength and coping with healing shows how strong somebody is, but also the vulnerability of telling our stories. That right there takes strength in itself. So I'm going to go back to a personal brand. If somebody can begin to make selfie videos telling the world about their stories, their struggles and experiences, they build that human connection. And that human connection is one of the most important things. Because during quarantine, people were away from each other. But some people, it brought them closer. So it's very interesting to see. There was a, a line. Some got very depressed. Some got very happy and got much closer to their family and friends or their neighbor that they never even hung out with. So it was interesting. But it always is a positive when people begin to come together to learn from each other, break bread, push, and from there, just learn how to cope with those things. But another thing goes back to taking care of ourselves. What are we consuming what foods, what drinks, what information? Like me, me per se, I don't watch the media at, at all. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I just don't let negative things get into my head. If I can't control it, then I don't pay attention to it. But if there is something that I can do on my end or collaborate with my clients or friends, then yes, we're going to come together and make a positive change. But besides that, I don't let those negative things get into my mind because. I focus on what I can control and building this ripple effect and a team of go-getters that right there can make the shift that is needed in the world.
0: you know, positive momentum is the real key, isn't it? Oh yes. hundred percent. Absolutely. I'm curious to also pick your brain on what it means to you to be an only difference maker and really contribute to, a progress and a better tomorrow. So what does that mean to you to be a, an elite difference maker?
1: So what it means to me is to help people know that they have somebody when they feel like they have no one. Because I've been in those moments as a kid or as a teen where, yes, I had family, but I just felt like I couldn't talk to anybody, wasn't really comfortable with people and all that. But any time that I had a moment where a coach, a teacher, or a complete stranger in public saw in my eyes that something was wrong and just had a conversation with me those are life-changing moments so as a leader being able to see that in somebody's eyes whether it's on zoom or in person that right there is a gift but if we can tend to do that more and find those people that need the help that need your service that need your product that just need your support that's going to create a ripple effect and that's just what it's all about is being able to come together with people help them in a way that we can, and if we can't help, still step up to the plate and give them some resources. Hey, I don't know the answer to that, but this is my friend, blah, 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 he can get you connected with this. Hey, I found this article of the resources that could help you, or I found this course still being able to willingly help others, even if we don't work together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to also ask you, if you could wave a magic wand and sort of heal the societal divisions that you're seeing out there in the world today. I'm curious, what uh, societal division would you want to heal? Because, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast, and I started it during the pandemic, and I said to myself, there has to be a platform that sort of builds bridges of, of unity and understanding so when you look at the world today and healing societal divisions what what do you want to focus on in terms of healing what you're seeing out in the world today and what gives you the most hope for the future
1: so what gives you the most hope for the future is to help create leaders help create leaders so some of my clients they come to me in a very dark place maybe they have depression anxiety Maybe they just had a divorce. Maybe they had suicidal thoughts. And we work together for said duration of the programming. And they begin to thrive in their career as a father, as a mother, as a son, as an employee who then goes through the chain of command or in the ranks in the military. So that's one of my favorite things about what I do. It's help people to take care of their mind and body. And then they can thrive in their careers and in their personal life. Because everything trickles and everything is interconnected. Some people are in amazing shape but financially they're struggling. Some people have the money, but mentally they're struggling. There could be all these scenarios, but once we begin to take care of every portion of our life, the mental, physical, financial, spiritual, and every other area, we can step up to the plate better as leaders. But my belief is that if we can help create the best leader that we can be to help turn others into the leaders that they can be and should be, Because leaders now just have to step up to the plate more than ever, because there's a lot of negativity out there. There's a lot of demonic entities, there's a lot of things being pushed to society, especially to the kids. But at this point in where we are in 2023, leaders, parents, and decision makers just have to step up to make this change and to come together to put a halt to the negativity and show, hey, this is how we're going to do things the right way, where we can all start to thrive and do things how they should be.
0: Yeah, and Derek, you uh, mentioned during our conversation multiple times about building a brand, and I know uh, that you also help uh, business clients do the same thing, my friend. So tell me about how your military experience really uh, sort of fostered your desire to help other people build a brand in business.
1: So it definitely helped me, number one, in the military. And the thing I do love the most about the U.S. Army or any other branch is the camaraderie, the camaraderie. So when you've been through, quote unquote, hell with somebody and you push through it, you have each other's back better than anybody. So that's one thing that all military people can relate to is the friendships that you have. Even if you have totally different beliefs, you know that he or she has your back no matter what. They can be anywhere in the world. If you need something, they have you. They have your back. Bar said, none and they're going to be there. But I definitely definitely believe that us coming together with that camaraderie in the military, that right there spilled into business. So helping people with their leadership skills, and then taking that discipline. A lot of people also lack discipline. So teaching them ways that they can harness their morning routine, harness their day, and harness their thoughts. What intrusive thoughts do they have? What are the most common thoughts that they have at night what keeps them up at night being able to help people identify all those things to then flip it into something positive that actually empowers them that right there changes the game for them and for others
0: yeah absolutely and Derek, uh, what does it mean to you to have purpose-driven passions what do you think that means to
1: you? so that's a great question so purpose-driven passion i believe that Number one, someone has to figure out what they're passionate about and what gives them chills, what makes the hair stand up on their arm, what makes them cry, and figuring out their why. So I like to think of people that are going through the darkest of times and figuring out how can I help them. And everybody has a different level of that pain or darkness, but if it exists right now for somebody, I want to be able to be that light to teach somebody what they can do to get through that. And that they can thrive in every area of their life, no matter where they're at. They could be at rock bottom, and I will show them examples of people that were, and now they're thriving and in a totally different place. But those dark times are our blessing. They're a blessing in disguise. It sounds cliche to say everything happens for a reason. People hear that, it sounds great. But when somebody's really going through that darkness or that hell, if they can slowly flip up, flip that perspective and tend to be more grateful for the blessings that they do have take care of what they do have, and to begin to connect with people that can teach them what is going to help them with that said position, that right there will help them in every way so they can thrive and no longer just survive in life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Derek, you mentioned earlier that you've been around sports all of your life, my friend, and I originally went to college to become a sports reporter. So tell me about some of your favorite sports memories as well, my friend.
1: So some of my favorite sports memories, definitely in the military. So being able to push ourselves past all pain thresholds and physical thresholds. So pushing to run another mile, to do another mile on a ruck march, to push each other up that that hill, up that wall. So those moments are amazing because it brings that camaraderie. And then also in sports, I ran track in high school and I did martial arts, also played basketball. But those key memories of just hitting that game-winning shot, handing the ball to my buddy or in martial arts, getting knocked out for the first time ever. And then realizing that I need to improve on these skills, but all that foundation of the discipline in sports led to everything else. So like some of my best clients are former athletes or current athletes, or they were military We, as a whole, just all have that fire inside of us and that will and that competitive spirit to just attack everything. So, as you probably know, some of the people that are best in business were an athlete or they were military because they just, in their base and in their core, they have that discipline. They have that heart and that drive. And those type of people, they thrive in whatever industry they're in. And they can help step up to the plate to teach others.
0: And there's an advantage to having a competitive spirit, isn't there?
1: Oh, yes, 100%. You have to have that fire in you or you're just going to be monotonous doing the average thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And You know, Gary, I'm also uh, wanting to have a conversation about the idea of taking control of your own life because, you know, in my view and, and living my life with a disability, I always tell people that life will bring us Uh, Adversity, no matter how many degrees you have or how smart you are, and I always say uh, the answer to the test of adversity is your response to to adversity once it hits. So tell me about living a quality life and, and really taking control of your own destiny because it's a choice, isn't it?
1: Yes, 100% is a choice. So one of my favorite quotes is by Tony Robbins, and he said, life happens for us, not to us. Life happens for us and not to us. So we can see life in that perspective. Whatever stressful, dark, or traumatic moment is currently happening or happened in our past, that right there can be our gift and is our blessing. Because that pain, we can harness it and flip that pain into fuel. So I use that pain within my workouts. I push my body, I push my mind past any certain limits or pain thresholds that it had. And then from there, after the workout, I'm walking home and ideas just flow to me because we've released, we have to first release. And then from there, we can get calm and get focused on the rest of the day or whatever we have on our task or on our schedule, but being able to release that first to then be connected with our higher self, our conscience, God, or whatever someone believes in. And then the ideas just flood to us and we become that vessel because we took care of ourselves first, we release those emotions, we're calm, we're controlled and we're open and then from there we can take action and then it feels much easier because we took care of ourselves first and then things just tend to fall together, stack, stack, stack and stacking those wins on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Derek, I'm also wondering your thoughts on how you personally, personally reconnect with your inner center, because you know, if you don't fill up your own cup of sort of personal fulfillment, it's hard to do it for other people, so when you're by yourself, how do you really pour into yourself in that cup of personal fulfillment?
1: So when I'm by myself and how I fill up that cup is I remind myself that I'm undefeated. And what I mean by that is any dark time or traumatic time I got through. So sometimes I just flip it in that perspective and I say, Hey, in 2008, I went through this, I'm still alive. That's a win. 2009, this happened. 2006, 2014, like whatever the experience was, I walk through those moments that I still push through and I'm still here alive, healthy, and blessed. And then the mind starts to see how grateful we truly are. And going back to the competitive standpoint, saying we're undefeated. And at that point, you say, no matter what is happening right now or in the future, because things will always happen, we'll push through that because we've been through stuff that was 10 times worse than this. So that's an advantage is going through that dark stuff early to then see that everything else is honestly easier because you've gone through the worst. So anything else is just a walk in the cake, excuse me, a walk in the park and it's a cakewalk.
0: <laughs> uh, well, anyway, uh, nice play on words there, my friend. But then, and I... <laughs> I uh, want to end this way, Derek. Our conversation has been comprehensive about leadership and taking control of your own journey. So tell me, I'll end this with a two part question. How, how do you think we can create elite leaders? And when you look at your own life, how do you want your personal and professional legacy to be remembered?
1: So, the first question, I would say if we can all become better as men and women to then be that example, being that example for others to then teach people how to be a leader. So some people, that get this wrong. They can teach leadership, but they don't actually live what they preach and they don't live what they say. But if we can make everything congruent, people can feel and sense that. So like an example could be a personal trainer that's out of shape or a financial guru who is financially struggling. If everybody could just step up their game and what they're doing and live everything that they preach and say, then right there, they're going to inspire people in a different way, in a new level, because they see this person wholeheartedly lives what they say. And that right there, I believe is step one, living up to who we are, to what we say, to what we do. So then everything is just non-questionable. There's like, Kevin does this. This is what Kevin does. So we're not even going to question it because he lives this, she lives this, and we'll be able to inspire people. And then we can create leaders. So first, take care of that and then take care of others. And in regards to legacy, to me, it's all about making a deep impact in people, making a deep impact, being that guiding light, whether it's for one conversation, one month, or whatever the program duration is, but to being able to help people identify how can we flip this pain into fuel? What habits are no longer serving me? Why do I react this way in a work setting or in a social setting? Why do I react this way in a relationship? Pinpointing all those things and then being able to give them that calmness. And once somebody's calm and has clarity, full clarity of why things are happening and what action steps they can take to take control of it, That right there would change it for them and everybody they're connected with. But for the legacy, it's to make a deeper impact to help save lives. And I've always lived by, if I can help heal myself, I will have the ability to help heal others, and I'm just a vessel. I take care of myself. The ideas flow to me. These are not my ideas. They come to me from God, and I help use that to help others. And if we can use this as a positive ripple effect, they will positively affect others instead of negatively infect them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, tell me, Derek, if people want to get uh, connected with you, my friend, what's the best way they can do that?
1: The best way would be via Instagram, and that would be fit with Derek number two. Fit with Derek two. So F I T W I T H D E R I C K and the number two. Fit with Derek two. A uh,
0: fantastic, my friend. Well, I have to tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed engaging in conversation. I appreciate it. Conversation with you today, my friend. I want to thank you for your work in the space of personal development and leadership and for joining me this morning. It's most appreciated.
1: Thank you, Kevin. It's been a it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been great conversations. I appreciate how deep the topics and the questions are. And just keep doing your thing. I appreciate you, Kevin.